Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. There was a moment on my Twitter timeline where on my Dodgers Twitter list, I think it was like seven tweets in a row were just the word what or permutations of that idea. Maybe some additional words, which I won't say, uh, were added to what. Uh, and that was it. Uh, yep. Uh, it was, uh, it's been a weird week. Uh, but like, oh, I don't know. It, they like, first off, the Dodgers have won like almost every game since we last recorded. So that part has gotten better, but the rest of it has been wild. Like, yeah. Not, just, not bad. Just weird. Yeah. yeah very odd. So we're going to talk about, uh, uh, okay, no, there is a bad thing, huh? <laughs> Pujols, uh, obviously, right, signing right. with the Dodgers, uh, certainly wild. Uh, Corey Seager getting hit by hand, wild and not wi- wild, literally, but uh, also just not very good. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that news. We'll talk about the games themselves. You know, we've got all that regular stuff. Uh, all that after this. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, where where do we start? What a weird week. <laughs> it feels like and most weeks the hey, the Dodgers were awful and now they're per- doing pretty well would easily be what we would start with, but we have really weird news to talk about probably first. So, I, I want to bring this up cuz uh I was telling you off air, I thought we we talked to, I got an email um uh I think it was so almost exactly 2 weeks ago. Um from uh, Ken Rosenberg, uh, podcast listener, thank you for listening, saying the Dodgers need to sign Albert Pujols. This was right after he got um, designated first time for the, by the Angels, clear he was going to get released, which is what happened. And off air, we were discussing it, like thinking, like, all right, come on, guy. Like, like that that's a far-fetched thing, right? It didn't seem very likely. Like, A, because most of the reports, or like the Angels specifically said, well, Pujols wanted to play every day, and we just weren't going to have that to him. They have Jared Walsh and Shohei Otani. Um, so they, you know, and also Pujols has been below replacement level level since like 2017. So like this could have happened at any time, but it, obviously the way it went down was bad, like just generally. Um, uh, so that was, there was like that aspect of it. And then, you know, to think he's going to go to, like, an a, a National League team that's not the Cardinals, you know, like, for a final run or whatever, uh, it seemed far-fetched. And so we sort of dismissed it. I dismissed it out of hand, thinking there's no way in hell. So I want, I want to publicly apologize to our, our friend Ken Rosenberg, who, um, who, was, who was right. Uh, the Dodgers – and so – and the, the timing of this is weird because um, – the Dodgers actually reached out to his agent last Thursday. I believe I believe Pujols became a free agent on Wednesday. That's when he cleared waivers um, and the Angels released him. So they're on the hook for um, the remainder of his $30 million salary this year minus a prorated share of the minimum, uh, which is what the Dodgers are paying. But uh, So they called his agent Thursday. 
uh, Dave Roberts, Andrew Friedman had a talk with Pujols Friday. Um, so just keep in mind the timetable of all this. I will say this, uh, both Pujols, uh, or both, all, Pujols, Friedman, Roberts, they were all like on the same page um, as is usually the case with, with the Dodgers. Um, they were, they were very, very open with him. I'll just, this is from Friedman. Um, the most important thing in that conversation was for everyone to be open and honest and transparent and also acknowledge that we don't know what things will look like a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now. They essentially laid out to pools like, look, we, we can't promise you playing time. We don't know what's going to happen. Like there could be a situation where you're not going to play that much, but we, you know, we're still interested. Uh, so, and he was like on board. So, uh, they agreed to term Saturday. The deal became official Monday, but just keep in mind, like this was essentially almost like a Friday decision. And um, Friday night, uh, AJ Pollock was in the lineup for the first time in a week after sort of um, nursing a mild hamstring strain. And then uh, in the in the second inning, after his first at bat, uh, immediately strained that hamstring again. So he went on the DL. I'll excuse me. Damn, that, I'm, that's never gonna. I'm gonna. That's gonna be a long, long process. <laughs> uh, and then, but then the worst one was Saturday. Um, Corey Seager broke his hand. He got hit by a pitch. Um, so like things <laughs> immediately like change. Like you, we we talked about this how the the Dodgers were like razor thin on their depth chart. Oh, and also like last week. Um, Edwin Rios needs shoulder surgery and he's out for the year. So like his early season slump, like I think, I believe when, when Rios went on the uh, injured list, cause he was over 32 at the time in, in, in an over 32 slump, people were saying, well, this, is this a phantom DL and like or IL? And then, I, um, you know, it's like not really the way it was, but like, at least that was a question out there. And no, it turns out like it, <laughs> he's not having phantom surgery. Like this is uh, <laughs> so, but like they're depleted, like a lot, right? So um, as of uh, Friday, the only player, the only healthy position players on the forty man were uh, who were not on the active roster were Zach Rex and Caber Ruiz. Um, so that's that's dark, man. Like um, uh, Sheldon Noisy and DJ Peters, the two righties, sort of on the bench, um, who are both still active, by the way. Um, they're three for 35 with 21 strikeouts against lefties this year. Um, the other left-handed hitters on the bench uh, haven't really hit lefties either. Uh, Luke Rayleigh's 0 for 11. Edwin Rios was 0 for 12 before he got hurt. Matt Beatty, who's been really productive um, overall, has only faced lefties twice. He's 0 for 2. So they're putting him in positions to succeed. But the point is they don't really have anyone to hit lefties. Like I, I sort of joked about this like, not a half joke, like the Dodgers need David Freeze to come out of retirement, you know, but instead they went with another Cardinals right-hander uh, <laughs> for, uh, in Albert Pujol. So, and, and like, they just expect him to occasionally like mash a lefty, right? Like he, he has three home runs. I think it's like 30 plate appearances against lefties this year. His overall numbers are still bad. Like he's, I think he was hitting under 200. Um, and like last night, Nick Ahmed was, shortstop for the D-backs was essentially positioned in short left field and threw Albert Pujols out twice on ground balls. Like he, you don't have to play him in the infield and you can still throw him out. So it's, it's a, it's rough, but occasionally he'll, he'll run into one and like, that's what they're, and his batted ball numbers are, are pretty 
good against lefties. So, like, I think that's what they're sort of planning for. And if you want to look at it, like, uh, I mean, look, we're two games, and he started both games. He batted cleanup in the first game. Like, that should tell you, like, what what level the Dodgers' depth is at right now. I mean, look, he didn't have to bat cleanup, but that, it was it was more symbolic than anything. But he has two RBIs in two games. He hit a ground ball single uh, against Madison Bumgarner on Monday, and then he got hit by a pitch with the bases loaded last night. Um, so he, he's the new butter and egg man for the Dodgers, it turns out. Um, but yeah, so we talked about like they're running out of guys. Pools was not the only move. Um, so full disclosure, I, I was at a wedding. I took the weekend off, uh, and it was <laughs> eventful. Like, yeah. And so, uh, as I'm driving to San Diego, it's my nephew who got married. Um, the Dodgers claimed, uh, Travis Blankenhorn from the twins who I definitely knew existed, uh, before <laughs> Friday. And I won't be taking questions otherwise. Um, so he's mostly like second, third, and left field, roughly. I think a little bit of first base mixed into um, he's he's like in AAA basically. Um, they traded on Saturday. Well, here, here's the thing: like Saturday was such a whirlwind of information. Information. So first of all, I'm, I I took a nap. I I met my brother for breakfast uh, Saturday morning, and then like I had time to kill before the wedding that evening. So I took a nap. And as I'm taking a nap, I get awoken um, by several texts um, asking, Pujols? Like, what? Like, you know, essentially the version of your timeline, tweet timeline that you're talking about. And uh, I was like, what? And so I looked and like, sure enough, uh, I think Jorge Castillo, the LA Times, broke the news. And it was out there pretty quick. So like, wow, okay, Dodgers are doing this. Um, uh, multiple times at the wedding, uh, People were asking, "Why pools, huh?" Like <laughs> that was sort of a fun thing, and I'm, and I just you know shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, they're pretty," uh, but yeah. So, but also lost in this, I, I'm like checking my phone occasionally, but not really. But more at the end of the night, I was like, and then I saw like before Saturday's game, they had traded for um, Yoshi Tsutsugo, or Tsutsugo, I believe. Uh, it might be how you pronounce it. That's at least how Todd Lights, the Dodgers PA man, was doing it last night. Um, he got designated for assignment by the Rays. He, he signed a two-year deal with Tampa last before last season, but he only hit 186, 295, 333 in the majors. He averaged like 35 homers a year. The previous four years in Japan, so they're trying to unlock his swing, the Dodgers, like feel they can um, sort of do that. I there uh, he might have a liar, a little bit of a higher leg kick now. We'll see. He walked twice in his Dodgers debut on Monday, but like he's a corner guy, first, third, left, pr- probably. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, but then the bigger news, like I didn't even notice this till way later Saturday night. That Corey Seager was hit by a pitch. The Dodgers like won a blowout game that night. So I was like half paying attention, uh, but then I saw later that Seager got hit and then uh, broke uh, the fifth uh, metacarpal. I believe that is the uh, yeah, the just below the pinky or part of the yeah, pinky. Connects the. I watched a one minute YouTube video on this. Connects nice. the pinky to the to the wrist. Uh, I, I listened back to Dave Roberts. Um, I think pregame on Sunday, and it was funny because like you know. It's he, he's not obviously enough. not the trained his, but like he, so he's, I think he just forgot what the word was. And I believe he said metatarsal at first. Yeah. And that's, that's foot. But then later in the thing, he had a, I forgot what he said. Uh, he said, uh, 
metacarpal and he made like a, a symbol to like grab a steering wheel uh, because it's a car, uh, you know, <laughs> like, so that's hand. And then it, it was just, it was like this really funny thing. But anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so he's out at least a month and probably more. Um, the one, so like, that's where the Dodgers are at right now. Right? They, they absolutely need position players. Uh, and the ones that are there are actually kind of hitting, but the, so the, they're still waiting on Zach McKinstry, Cody Bellinger. Both of those guys are expected to start rehab this weekend with Oklahoma city. Uh, it's still going to probably take at least a week. Uh, I think for them, McKinstry's probably back sooner than Bellinger. Like Bellinger literally hasn't played since April 5th. So like um, it's going to be a little bit, but it's, it's getting closer. But um, like the guys who are still around, like uh, they are actually kind of hitting now and like things are coming together. Like, you know, we, we, we've said this, like everything wasn't going to go bad at the same time forever, you know, like, so like it was, they were bound to sort of turn around. But and we also joked last week, uh, we recorded right after Gavin Lux hit that three run home run in the eighth. Um, and that was after the Dodgers were five and 15. They were, they could have slipped to 500 with a loss. And like, I think like everybody post game, Lux, Bueller, Roberts, I think there was one other person essentially was like, Hey, so is this the turnaround of your season? So that was like the framing of that question. But they all said basically, yeah, it could be like, <laughs> uh, and, but like, maybe it was like <laughs> so far, like, um, so beginning with that home run, uh, that game, uh, the Dodgers are six and one. They've outscored opponents 43 to 16. The game they lost was a bullpen game Sunday when Edwin Yuseta gave up a three run homer after an error in the inning by Sheldon Noisy. Um, so, uh, that was only a one run game. So, like, they're playing really well. Gavin Lux, he hit a, a grand slam last night. He has a 142 WRC plus in May. Struggled mightily in April. Max Muncie had a power drought uh, heading into May. Still was walking a ton this month. The power drought is gone. He has five home runs. Uh, 443 on base, 633 slugging, 192 WRC plus. Uh, he's just been mashing the ball. Even the bullpen uh, has been excellent since the start of last week. Uh Includes the Tuesday game, 20 and two-thirds innings, five runs, four walks, 22 strikeouts. And that's like everyone. So, like, that's eh, doing pretty well. And actually, you know what? Come to think of it, uh, it's actually 22 and a third innings because I, I, I should add in Jimmy Nelson, who got the start on Sunday. Uh, he's still technically, since that was a bullpen game. So, yeah, it, it's been like like just a weird week for sure. Like uh, Dave Roberts after the, the Pujols debut, he said, yeah, it was surreal. Like, <laughs> like literally Roberts played against Pujols in the uh, 2004 world series. And I believe also um, two playoff series with the Padres. Oh, five, Oh six, maybe, uh, maybe one of those, but yeah. So like um, it's, they have a history. Like they're, they're like, they're like, what two three years apart uh so it, it's very very weird um but yeah like uh so it's been a weird week uh i do have an albert pools really a trivia question for you are you ready i am all right so in his debut with the dodgers albert pools had an rbi single uh against madison bumgarner um on monday who was the last dodger age 41 or older with a hit and an rbi in a game i'll answer that after this 
who is the last Dodger to have a hit and RBI in a single game aged 41 or older? Mm-hmm. I have a I have a question. Yes. I have three names written down, but I can disqualify two. Is this player a, a Hall of Famer? No. Hmm. I will tell you of okay, so I have a list of the previous five that includes Pujols. Yep. Um, two of them are two of those are in the Hall of Fame, but not the most recent. Oh no, that's not good. I'm probably not going to get this then. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, can I start guessing off the list? <laughs> it makes sure. me feel a little bit better. Yeah, do um, it. Uh, uh, Jim Tomey. Um. I'm I'm checking one thing because they they did uh, I'm this is off uh, I, I will full disclosure off the um, uh, Stathead uh, blog or, or, or newsletter the other day they they did this so um, Jim Tomey did not no because uh, he I believe he only had four singles and didn't drive in a run okay I, I, I remember it was not a very good yeah. stint but uh, thought maybe he, he you know act one and uh, Ricky Henderson. Uh, Ricky Henderson, yes, uh, at age 44. He actually had five such games. Uh, he is the fifth most recent. Um, okay. Uh, oh. That was 2003, by the way. Okay. Uh, fifth most recent. Uh, a lot of this is like, man, I'm thinking of old players, but were they 41 or were they like 39, 40, 35 like me? Old, old yeah. and decrepit, can't remember players baseball's names um did fred mcgriff do it and or was he 41 uh i believe both answers are no or okay for the first for sure is no but he wasn't that old when the dodgers yeah he was oldish but not, oldish uh, all right i'm gonna yeah. tap out i'm 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 struggling here those were my no, three but, big names before i give you the answer a little before henderson it was eddie murray uh, whose 1997 tenure with the dodgers as we've discussed did not exist um <laughs> i wouldn't Manny, see i knew that but i wasn't gonna guess yeah. it because well, it didn't didn't happen uh so manny <laughs> exactly. moda before that uh, wow. 1979 and 1980 uh had five different games uh before that we had to go back to brooklyn babe herman in in 1945 <laughs> old friend had had six uh friend games, of the podcast. exactly yeah so yeah, no, actually, if you go, wow, well, if you go back, Desi Vance has three of the games, even though he was a pitcher. Uh, and this was in, wow, he pitched late. I did not realize how late he pitched. 1935, he was 44. Um, he also had a couple at age 41 in 1932. But uh, I'm going to go now uh, towards the top. Um, in 2007, David Wells, uh, 44, uh, had. <laughs> um, he had a uh, single and an RBI. Uh, Greg Maddox, the next year. He was going to guess Greg. <laughs> a- age 42. Um, this was his second go around with the Dodgers. He was not quite 41 in 2006. I'm not sure if he drove in a run. But the answer I was looking for was in 2000. Future manager, a former surfer, handsome dude, uh, Brad Osmus, who once inserted himself as a pinch runner on the last day of the season when he was managing uh, in place of Joe Torre as, as the sort of tradition of final day of the season uh, <laughs> players taking over move. But yeah, so 2010 Dodgers Mets. Well, yeah. Uh, would not have guessed Osmus. Yeah. As soon as you said two were a hall of famers, um, 
I I really went okay. If it's not um, uh, Ricky and Tommy, then I'm going to guess Maddox, and I just forgot to do it. So yeah. Um. So I, I have a Dodgers rewind. Okay. Uh, and I, I always try to link it um, somehow to what's going on. And like this, this one just sort of fell in my lap. Thank goodness. Um, Fred Frankhouse is the man uh, this week. Um, now, the genesis of this was the, one of the things that's going well has sort of gone well all year for the Dodgers is they're starting pitching, uh, at least the, the ones who are healthy. The um, But... Uh, um, Walker Buey, he actually walked three in an inning, uh, but then he retired like his last 11. He didn't give up a run in seven innings. He was great. He only allowed one hit in seven innings on Monday. Julio Urias uh, on Tuesday had only allowed one hit into the seventh. And so I had a stat that I was ready to share. I shared it anyway, even though it didn't happen. But um, he, he ended up giving up two hits in the seventh and was pulled <laughs> to raucous booze. This was a, it was a, uh, two one no, th- uh, was it? What was it? Three was three one at the time, and the Dodger Stadium crowd was not having it. Uh, imagine so. Imagine this coming into this year. Uh, Julio Urias um never pitched more than six in the third innings. I believe he did it three times in as a professional. Um, this year he's already gone seven four times, and he last night he went six and two thirds. So he's he's a he's a horse now. Um. Uh, anyway, had uh, he only given up the one hit, that those two would have been the first. It would have been the first time the Dodgers had back-to-back starts of at least five innings and zero or one hit allowed since August twenty-seventh, twenty-eighth, nineteen thirty-seven. Um, the last one of those games was by Roy Henshaw, which uh, old friend of the show um, uh, Madeline uh, Saint Marie uh, said on Twitter. That sounds like uh, a name Clayton Kershaw would use at a hotel, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and the first one of those games was by Fred Frankhouse. Now, in his game, I couldn't find exactly why this game was called after eight innings. The Dodgers won five to nothing over the uh, Reds in Brooklyn. Um, the Dodge, it was five to nothing. Frank House pitched seven and two-thirds innings. Now, the game took like two hours. I don't know if if any delays happened. It could have been lights. It could have been rain. But they just said, you know what? We're done. And so he pitched. I, it didn't, And it wasn't technically a no-hitter, you know, because he didn't go nine or whatever. Um, but he walked six, struck out three, and gave up no runs. So he was... Excellent. He was a right-handed pitcher. He actually started with the Cardinals in 1927. He was traded uh, from the Cardinals to the Braves midseason in 1930 for Burley Grimes, former Dodger, future Hall of Famer. Um, Now, he finally made his way to the Dodgers before the 1936 season uh, for pitcher Johnny Babich and and right fielder Gene Moore. Um, In three years with Brooklyn, uh, Frank House had a 3.94 ERA. That was a 103 ERA plus, just over 500 innings. Um, he had a perfectly average uh, 100 ERA plus in his 13 major league seasons. He actually had more walks than strikeouts. I thought I was going to do a diabolical question. Uh, I looked up like which uh, he also did more walks than strikeouts with the Dodgers, and I looked up like 
pitchers with more walks than strikeouts with at least 500 innings with the Dodgers, there was no way to frame it where like you would have gotten any one of them. Like, and, and, this, and, and like, I don't even think I would have, I, I might've gotten one, but it was so like Brickyard Kennedy was like the best one, but like even that, like that, that's, that's a rough ask. So I just, I scrapped it. Um, but uh, traded back to the, the Braves after 1938 for infielder Joe Strip, who had previously played with Brooklyn, but he actually didn't play again. So, um, but that brings us to 1939 with Boston. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm reading this from Wiki. Uh, on May 17th, during a game against the Cincinnati Reds, Ernie Lombardi complained that Frank House struck him out using the illegal spitball. This by now was outlawed. Um, Frank House promptly hit the next batter, Harry Kraft, in the head, knocking him unconscious. Frank House then bowed to the booing fans at the end of the inning. Uh, so good times back back when baseball players were men. No, you know that kind of stuff. Followed no. the rules, uh, respected their opponent. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they, I I wonder. I'm who knows? Maybe Harry Kraft swung at a three zero pitch. When, uh, <laughs> but no. Um, so after his career, another fun nugget. Uh, Frank House and his wife Mabel, which you know, they, a classic name for people born around that time. My one of my my dad's mom was named Mabel, born in eighteen ninety five. I believe Frank House was born shortly after that. Uh, he moved back to uh, uh, I, I don't think it's Juniata County in Pennsylvania. He operated a Christmas tree farm, uh, <laughs> and he ended up selling it in nineteen sixty one. I looked it up. I think it closed within the last decade, but it was like it was that thing was operating for like six or six decades or so um so yeah that's cool uh my trivia frank uh, fred frank house related trivia for you in his first two years with brooklyn in 1936 and 1937 it was a relatively high scoring era the the national league averaged 4.7 runs per game in 1936 that's actually the 14th highest total ever uh for the national league uh since 1901 mo uh, the modern era 1936 it was 4.51 runs so uh, lower but not far lower what was the highest seasonal home run total for a dodger in those two years i'm not asking for a player because that would again be diabolical yeah. um what i'm asking for is the number 25 uh i'm gonna i'm just gonna give you a hint and say way lower <laughs> i'll give i'll give you another hint the Dodgers were dead last in the National League in home runs okay. both years. See, yeah, because this is after the sort of we don't hit home run era really occurred. So I, th I was hopeful that someone hit that many. Um, yeah. 12. Okay, so you're closer, but I'm just going <laughs> to give it to you now. The Nine. number is eight. Eight, okay. Yeah, Cookie Lavagetto. about to say, uh, who was that slugger? <laughs> the second baseman um, in th 1937. They actually, in 1938, I believe the leader had 24. Uh, so, yeah, you wouldn't have been far off, but that's why I limited it to 36 and 37. Oh, thanks, thanks, pal. <laughs> yeah. So, Babe, Babe Phelps, the catcher, uh, hit seven home runs in 1937. Uh, if you go back to 1936, oh, man, I thought I screwed up for a second because I saw an 11, but this was for triples. Um, <laughs> Babe Phelps, in 1936, led the Dodgers with five home runs. Uh, so uh, I'm just and now I'm looking at this up. So yeah, the Dodgers were eighth in the in in an eight team National League with 33 home runs uh, in 1936. They were eighth in 1937. They actually hit more triples than home runs uh, in 1936, 43 to 
for 33, but they were also seventh in triple. So like they just didn't they just didn't have the power. 37 to see if they also had more. They wow, 53 triples, 37 home runs in 1937. So in 36, so, 11 era, players sure. total hit 24 home runs. So I, I, I my guess was still too high. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, but uh, it, like that's what's crazy. It was like a high offensive era. Dolph Camilli hit 24 home runs. In 1938. So you uh, again, if I would have just been fair and and, and a reasonable person, you would have uh, nailed it. So there we go. Yeah. Well, it's that special time of day where mm, what could it possibly for? be? With Jens and Craig, we love them. So with Craig's help, I get to turn the tables here. Four. Oh, go ahead. You want to? No, I was to say full, full disclosure. Uh, I put these questions in our game notes uh, uh, just to have them, you know, ready. I copy and paste from Craig's email. Uh, I have a, an ability sometimes to do this without looking at them. Like it's it's just wrote uh, looked at these questions at all. So I, I'm going in blind. All right, four. Dodger pitchers have at least one sacrifice hit this season. Clayton Kershaw is not one of them. Not surprising, Kershaw leads the Dodgers in sacrifice hits since 2008. So here are some questions on that topic. One, since 2008, five Dodgers have at least 30 sacrifice hits while wearing a Dodger uniform. Kershaw tops that list by a lot. Can Eric name these five players and also guess how many sacrifice hits Kershaw has so far? Okay, uh, this is uh, it's five. Oh, oh, so it's four plus Kershaw. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so for sure, uh, Kenta Maeda and Hyunjin Ryu. Um, two uh, and three on the list. Yeah, so like I just remember, <laughs> I think this in 2019, back when pitchers were hitting, um, I believe that those three finished in the top three or four. I think Sonny Gray was up there with like it was. I was sort of jokingly referring to it as the uh, the barn burner of a race uh, down to the wire. Who's going to lead the majors? Okay, now looking back, he said two thousand eight. That was Hiroki Kuroda's first year, so I'm going to guess Hiroki Kuroda. Number four. Okay, now it gets tricky. So. Zach Greinke could hit. Just to give you some context while you think, um, Kenta had 34, Ryu had 32, Kuroda had 32. Okay, so I'm looking for the number five person. Correct. Who had presumably 30 or 31. Okay, so Greinke could hit. Was also the Dodgers three seasons. Um I'm just trying to think here. Um, do, 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 um, wow. I'm just going to say, is that Grinky? Uh, incorrect. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll look up how many hit for it. he hit for you. Okay. Uh, let's see. And then now I'm so... Billingsley started in in 2006, so I it's it would seem weird that Craig would 
The only reason I'm not going to say Billingsley is because it, it's weird that Craig would have worded it that way. Like, like I guess he still could have racked up. But yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I'm going to tap out on the uh, the fifth player, Chad Billingsley. <laughs> <laughs> no, dang it. Um, Zach Rob, hit 18, yeah. by the way. All right, so that that makes sense. Now for Kershaw, um, let's so say Kent is uh, number two with 34. Okay, so I I don't remember the exact total in 2019. I want to say it was like 14 or 16. Um, so we're talking like potentially a lot of sacrifices if we go back to 2008, Kershaw's first year. Again, wasn't lasting deep for a couple years, so he didn't get a ton of it, uh, plate appearances. But that's still 12 years of hitting. Um, so I'm going to say oh, 93. You are under. Under. Wow. Um, let's go 107. There you go. 108. 108. Nice. Yeah, yeah, by a lot was uh, underselling it. There are three, and he picked 2008 because of Kershaw's year, just to clarify why yeah, he picked yeah, the time Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm dumb. There are three other Major League pitchers who have played and batted this season who have 50 or more sacrifice hits since 2008. Can Eric name these pitchers? Not a hint, but Kershaw leads the majors in sacrifice hits since he started his career. Oh, okay. So... Um, Adam Wainwright, uh, number four with 52. Um, hmm. so it's someone who's been played and batted. Um, stupid Cole Hamels not being active. <laughs> um, so, um, wow. Um, what about hmm. Hmm. okay it's uh, the 18 still batting wow but then he went to the thing uh, uh what about Max Scherzer uh nope hmm all right uh, Madison Bumgarner, I know he's, you know, has the Actual reputation. Picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but no, not on it. Mm, okay. Uh, oh, what about, no, he went to the Yankees, damn it. Um, 50. Uh, Verlander didn't bat enough um, or at all. Uh, hmm. Why am I getting stumped on oh, National League pitchers? Um, Scherzer is close, by the way, with 46, whereas the um, lowest number here is 52, which was um, Wainwright. Mm-hmm. The other um, two players have 55, all with one team, and then 88 with, th- well, <laughs> he pl- he's played for three teams. I don't know. I have to check if he got yeah, a sacrifice yeah. hit with one of them. Uh, I, I'm not sure why this is stumping me like it is. I, I'm just, give me a second to cycle through the old mental Rolodex here. Um, 
The other player, uh, while playing for three teams, did not get a sacrifice hit or bat uh, with one of the teams he played for. Jacob Degrom. Nope. Selfish. Um, <laughs> let's see. No. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say I, you're you're saying these names too quick. I can't get you numbers anymore. Oh, sorry. No. Um, you're good. Okay. I'm give you two um, more guesses. One yep. all with one team. One with. Um, oh, uh, Johnny Cueto. Uh, is the player who played for three teams. Uh, number two on the list with 88. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is just fascinating. Um, let's see about... No. I don't know why I, I'm blanking on this. Um my um, last hint for your last oh. guess, said player debuted in 2010. Oh, I was going to say John Lester, but I don't, yeah. You you tapping out? You got one more guess. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Strasburg. Duh. All right. Six players have 89 or more sacrifice hits in their L.A. Dodger careers. L.A. Dodger careers. Kershaw is one of them, though not the L.A. franchise leader. Can Eric name these Bunsmen? Come on. Um, <laughs> um, Bill Russell. Number one with 132. Um, Maury Wills. Number five with 95. Willie Davis. Uh, not not on my list. Mm, selfish. Um, <laughs> no, so, to um, be clear, you have one, three is Clayton Kershaw, and then Mari Wills is five. So you're missing two, four, and six. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another hint. Okay. They are all pitchers. Oh, oh, Don Sutton. Number two, 127. Um, Oral? Uh, number six with my number, uh, 89. And let's say... Oh, man. So it's Fernando? Nope. Drysdale? Nope. Ah! Claude Osteen? Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ramon Martinez? Nope. Bob Welch? Nope. I got nothing. Bert Hooten? Damn it. Ten years. Yeah. What What a fun stat. <laughs> a lost art. Yeah. Speak. Excuse me. Uh, Currently, five uh, position players uh, (laughs) started asking this as it was going to be a trivia question. Um, (laughs) With at least one plate appearance, have not homered for the Dodgers. They are Austin Barnes. (laughs) Name those players. They are Austin Barnes, Cody Bellinger, DJ Peters, Albert Pujols. (laughs) Come on, and Yoshi (laughs) Suzugo. Suzugo. I got to get used to that. Here's a two-part contest question. Can you take code? Uh, you can take Cody Bellinger, or you can take the any other player, including pitchers, and anyone in the current Dodger system who hasn't homered to hit their first home run. Make your choice. Um. Wow. So is this the field? Is he saying? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So Austin Barnes has gotten really close on a couple of pitches. Right, but I, I you, you, you wonder like I know he he. He slammed that home run in the World Series. Yeah, he hit like two off the wall, yeah. I think, in the last week um, that he just absolutely crushed. So, um, wow. So let's figure week and a half 
at least for Bellinger. So to, to those play, players not necessarily hit that, a home run. <laughs> right, exactly. Till he's back. So you, you have that head start, and also and obviously it's more a players. joke that we're counting Bellinger. <laughs> right, baseball rules. <laughs> um, wow. Um, I'm gonna say the field. Do you have a, a, a sub guess as to who? I don't have to. Uh, but I yeah, know I know. I, 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 I will actually, not, we don't have to go on the record on this. I, I'm will, just curious. I, think it's, I think it'll be pools. Okay. I'm going to take the field and I'm going to go. I'm going to say someone misses with a high fastball and it, it goes middle, middle, and it's DJ Peters. <laughs> nice. Watch, he gets, like, option today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a gamble, but... I know. Um, all right. The Dodgers have 14 different players with at least one home run. Will they reach 20 or more different players this season? <sighs> I mean... Yes, I think so. Just they're going to have to cycle through so many players. Yeah, you figure they're going to add more, like, you like three to four of these people. Well, they might get Zach Rex one. At some point, Kate or okay, Birdie hit one. Um, they're gonna probably trade for more people That's or whatever. My, I think, I think Barnes, Bellinger, and Pujols have to hit one. Obviously, DJ Peters is a new one because I guessed. Um, yeah. Yoshi's probably gonna hit one. Uh, and then you just have to, you know, trade for a couple of bench guys uh, at the deadline. So, um, yep, just writing this down. So we both agree. Yep. Okay. Uh, while the Dodgers will hope that Tony Gonsolin can be the main guy to pick up the slack in the fifth spot, just skimming some bullpen names on some of the possible sellers, do the Dodgers go for someone like an Ian, like Ian Kennedy, who is picking up saves as a Ranger, or aim a bit higher as the season goes on? Yeah, you, I mean, you probably have to aim higher. Uh, no, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's those kind of guys who are available, like the... Um, you very rare, like everyone talks about like Josh Hader, right? But the Brewers are actually, you know, in reasonable like contention. And like, it's always like, you know, the, the John Axford, like, um, the, you know, um, oh God, who was the other, who was the Ryan Matson? I was trying to think of the other 2008 reliever, or 2018 reliever who gave up all the inherited runs. Um, yeah, like it's those kind of guys I think that end up being available. So like, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It, it's it's another thing where they're they're still they got David Price back um, this week. Gratterall is maybe a week and a half away, maybe. But like, yeah, it's it's rough. So you you sort of have to. They're going to ride this out a little bit. But yeah, I, I think that'll. I think it's just sort of whoever's. Whoever's available, but like it's it's that level. I don't think they're going to bring in necessarily like a top notch, you know, potential closer type. Maybe, but like you know, who knows? George Cheryl. There's another name for your ah. list. Dodgers will see some old friends this weekend in San Francisco. They'll likely face Alex Wood on Friday, and the Giants will hope that Jake McGee pitches the ninth for them at some point. I think of all the Dodger free agents, Justin Turner and McGee were the ones you thought would be back. My question, should Dodger fans in any way be upset that Wood and McGee are Giants this season? No. Yeah, no, that's 
That's dumb. Are you going to uh, do oral? Upset. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, okay, you can be upset for at no, no, like no, Friedman no. for uh, <laughs> letting letting him go, no. maybe. But but yeah, it was just one of those like, I mean, no, like it's weird. But like they're going to get their rings um, next weekend, uh, uh, and so I, I would imagine they gave Dylan Floro his like secretly, like sort of other thing. <laughs> I, I I would hope they they would if they consider doing it on the field, because I think they would get cheered. I, uh, I think there will be some fans that are just the Giants bad boo. Um, but any, right. and, and, you know, maybe McGee gets middling shares just because not to no fault of his own. The Dodgers just didn't use him that much in the playoffs, right. but Alex Wood had a dominant performance in game six. And I think enough fans remember that, that he was and, and he, he was an all-star yet history. Like yep. he, he's been really good. So, yeah, they, I think it would be nice if they got an on-field I mean, thing. It's, it's, although, similar with Floro, right? Like, he had the key at bat. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and also in Game 6. So, also a uh, mythical f- uh, figure in Dodger history, L.A. Dodger history now. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Here, ooh, here we go. One of the largest and priciest buffets in Las Vegas is reopening on May 20th. Um, I can't say this word. The... Bacchanal? Bacchanal. Bacchanal, okay. At Caesars Palace with new designs and foods offered on small plates or tableside. My questions are, what was your favorite inexpensive buffet experiences? (laughs) Mine is a local Indian restaurant for their buffet lunch special. And what do you look forward to of any kind of family-style eating? Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think. So... uh, inexpensive buffet well you think about this can i give you uh yes. this i think my my brother maybe came up with this um somehow it came up between our our neighbors growing up and my brother and i because we would go to vegas somewhat frequently uh, as a, a cheap vacation uh as family and we'd go to the one of the cheaper buffets in vegas and because we were young we would compete on how many plates we all eat yeah. and what we would do is uh, we would get a fortune cookie with every plate, and then how many fortunes you had at the end of wow. the night was uh, the winner. My brother usually won, the skinniest of the bunch, and but he he could pack them in when he needed to. So, in that spirit, uh, this sort of counts in a weird way. It's not quite the same, but like growing up, Sizzler was like a treat dinner for me. Like it, it, it was, it served as a birthday dinner quite a bit, but like just generally, like you know. Celebration dinner, me and my mom would go there. And their big thing, I shrimp, all you can eat shrimp was my go-to. Mm. Now, that's not my but having the salad bar with it is oh, sort of okay. like. And so, but the thing is, uh, I've also done similar things at Sizzler where in high school, uh, we had a competition who could finish the most plates of shrimp. And we, had, we kept the plates at the table. Um as we kept getting new new plates of shrimp, and so to like sort of gauge our contest, uh, we were and I looking back, we probably tipped horribly because we this was like uh, just us as high school kids with yeah. no parents like were involved. So I feel so badly for whoever served us that day, but yeah, like that Sizzler is the go to. Like there's been some like we've done the similar thing where some on some family trips, especially like in Vegas or like Mesquite or something. Uh, where it will, you'll go to like um, just whatever like buffet and not like the Bellagio, but like off 
off strip or, uh, you know, something like that, um, that uh, those are fine. Like generally, um, the, I'm trying to think like, I think outside of that, like really good buffets, um, uh, Korean barbecue Mm. has, has done well in that regard. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm trying to think of another example. Um, th- those are sort of fun go tos for me in terms of like, you know, being inexpensive. So um, I'm trying to think like, like for us, it, it was those Vegas, you know, go off strip, find the cheaper, like find the yeah. good value. You don't want you don't want the right hometown level of quality, because at that point, it's just like, you know, there are some foods there that are good, but yeah, uh, so much of it is bad. But if you can get that kind of nice median, um, although in Vegas, I've been going to um, Bouchon instead of like uh, instead of a buffet as my my treat meal, which is Thomas mm. Keller's place in the Venetian, I think. Um, and it's it's not cheap, but it's not that expensive. I, I think it's probably the price I would pay for a, a higher quality buffet. And it's really, really good. Uh, I'm getting hungry. It, Family style stuff. Um, I mean, we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, hopes of returning to dim sum at some point. Relatively yeah, that's soon. Our, our, our January first uh, meetup tradition. Um, yeah, that would that would be awesome. Um, looking really actually looking forward to that. I, I, I was just thinking of this um, another one, um, Sioux Plantation, which I know they're like. Did they? Did they like? Are they? Is it, are they sweet greens? I always forget like uh, what their alternate name was. I know they, they had in some markets they were named differently, mm. but like that was a good, like that was a big go-to for a while in terms of, um, you know, sort of your, your buffet style, uh, but like also a little bit better, like then better, some better quality stuff than like, like, like hometown or I guess what eventually uh, Golden Corral. Uh, but yeah, like that, that was a big go-to for a good, good period um, just locally and rather than like Vegas or anything like that. Well, what are you hungry for now <laughs> as uh, a tradition? Well, I'm, yeah, now, now I just want to go to a buffet and uh, no, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I still haven't tried Shake Shack. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll get to it eventually, but not, uh, it's not a priority at this point, but yeah, uh, I'm hungry, so I think we should stop, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening.